Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of That's Entertaining. This week, we'll be journeying back into the James Bond world with the new release of Spectre. Before we get back into the Star Wars universe, because of our journey to Star Wars, obviously we'll be culminating that at the end of the year with the release of The Force Awakens. But this week, because this is a classy type of show, this is definitely, you know, more of a British-influenced type show because of James Bond, I had to go on a journey and find someone that I knew would exude class and elegance, and that is one Mr. Carl Flower. Carl, welcome to the show. Wow, that was quite the introduction. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm almost speechless, which wouldn't be a good start. Um, <laughs> It would probably be defeat the whole object of this conversation. Oh, a little bit. You know, it's it's never good to be speechless, especially when you're on a podcast, because this is not visual medium. I don't know if you knew that or not, but uh, it's all audio-based. So if you're quiet, it's kind of hard for me to figure out what's going on in your head. Yeah, that rather defeat... Uh, that, that, I don't know why I'm sitting here in a tuxedo now. <laughs> I wish you'd told me that earlier. I could have saved quite a... A bit of time getting ready. Come on, uh, be honest. It's just a tuxedo shirt. T-shirt. Uh, it's pajamas that look like tuxedos. <laughs> Is it a onesie yeah, at least? A, yeah, it's it's a it's a tuxedo onesie. <laughs> uh, nice cummerbund. Uh, yeah, it's very nice. You should, you should see it. But unfortunately, as you've pointed out, this is just audio. So you're just going to have to use your imaginations on this one. One of these days, we'll upgrade and we'll get we'll get that on video for you, folks. <laughs> So before we get into the meat of our discussion this week with Spectre, Carl, what have you been up to recently? Has there been anything that you've been entertained by, played, watched, uh, that you would like to talk about? Wow. Other than Spectre. Other than Spectre, because we'll get into that. You know, I I have spent some time with uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, so continuing the British theme and this (laughs) fake accent. Uh, and and that's that's actually been pretty good. Um, you know, the, I think Assassin's Creed Two was about the the best one of the series. Um, I liked Assassin's Creed Three because of the American theme, but it wasn't quite there as a game. Black Flag was good, had some new elements. Um, but this one, uh, Unity, yeah, we probably need to forget Unity. Um, <laughs> But Syndicate, yeah, it's great. I, I, it's in my hometown and uh, not not uh, of another time, of a day gone by. Like your legit hometown? Uh, no, not exactly. But, you know, 20 miles <laughs> off is pretty okay. close. That's like one bad. side of Peoria to yeah. the other, right? Yeah. So you spent some time there in that location is what you're saying? Yes. Does yeah. it remind you of your time there? A lot of scallywags running around, so yeah. <laughs> now, when you were when you were hanging out there when you were younger, were you climbing up and down the buildings? You know, like, uh, not so much. I'm not a very agile fellow, as you've probably <laughs> noticed. But um, you know, there's a lot of knuckle dusters in in the game, so you know, there's a few punch ups, good punch ups, a lot of pubs. It's it's pretty authentic. It <laughs> takes me back. Now, in in the game, when you go into a pub, do they serve the beer warm at that period? Then would that be would that be accurate? Yeah, it's definitely warm. A lot of head on it. <laughs> don't quite know. You know, it's made with Thames water. You don't know, you've no idea what's in it. Ugh, I isn't like the, the River Thames is is the central hub, for lack of a better word, for rivers. Right, all the rivers kind of go through that. It's it's a big channel, like industry channel, right? Uh. It's a big river. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> so with the River Thames, then, if it is a big river, are there, if you were to drink water from that river, would you, would you feel safe drinking it straight from the river? Oh, you'd be dead. <laughs> yeah. There's not a lot of Asian carp in it. It's not like our river, but. Uh, is it worse than do the that? Illinois River? Uh, probably, yeah. Really? I, it's probably got more dead bodies in it as well. <laughs> oh, from Jack the Ripper, of course, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, well, he used to, he didn't, fr- 
liked him. That was, you know, it was like um, an old school Banksy. That that was that was his art form. Just you know, pull the intestines out, throw them up on a wall. It was it was the modern art of the day. Ah, I see. Now, folks, as you're listening to this, you may hear a little bit of pixelization stuff. While you may think because of his accent he is across the pond, he is actually <laughs> in across the river, very close to me. We actually saw the movie tonight together. Um, and I'm not sure why Skype might be pixelating out, but uh, I do apologize for the lack of Carl's technology. Yeah, sorry about that. I'm, I'm, uh, it's actually a couple of tin cans and a very long string. <laughs> That's right. That actually might give us a little bit better quality, honestly. <laughs> So is it really that bad? Well, <laughs> maybe it's just me. I had to I had to mess with the graphic equalizer in case you pick up on the fact that this is fake. This accent is totally <laughs> and utterly affected. It's because you were you enjoyed Spectre so much you had to start emulating something. I'm staying in character. I am the local equivalent of Bond. I mean, my wardrobe is uh, <laughs> is almost identical. Larger sizes, definitely larger sizes. Um, but you know, I think I've got that kind of double O style going on. The double X O style. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's a critic. (laughs) Oh no, we kid obviously, but it's more, uh, your, your style of wardrobe is probably more, um, Roger Moore than it is Daniel (laughs) Craig, right? (laughs) Um, I don't know how to take that. (laughs) <laughs> that's the beauty of it right you just take it however you want to on the camp spectrum that i hit the roger moore is kind of kind of interesting i don't know whether to be uh yeah i'll just let that one go okay probably for the best so aside from assassin's creed well are you liking assassin's creed syndicate yeah it's definitely a good installment not the best but good. So when you're talking about Assassin's Creed, compare that to other games that you've played recently. Uh, where do you find yourself playing mostly? Sitting on the couch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you may want to you may want to re-ask that question. Game types, I should say. So Assassin's Creed is kind of like you know the exploring type, the you know action. Is that usually what you you? Uh, find yourself playing as action, or do you do like first-person shooters, racing, anything like that? You know, just like me and, and Booms, I'm not that fussy. <laughs> uh, obviously, the, with with the Destiny reboot, we've been playing quite a bit of that. Um, but no, I, I like to mix it up. I don't really do any sports simulations. Um, not even I, FIFA? A little bit of FIFA, but you know, I'd much rather watch soccer over a beard and then twiddle my fingers around trying to make stick characters kick it somewhere. <laughs> but uh, no, I think uh, yeah, first-person shooters, uh, action. Um, I've been been splitting my time between PC and, and, and Xbox, so definitely spent a lot of time with H1Z1, get me some zombie action. Nice. And if you haven't checked that out, they, they have actually come a long way with the game um it's in early access on steam and it's it's pretty entertaining that's cool h1z1 yeah and i think a lot of those are making it to xbox one now right because they've kind of got the equivalent of early access on there so i know i think uh ark the the dinosaur the kind of jurassic park uh survival game i think that's coming to xbox one i've played a fair amount of that on the pc that's that's a good time as well Okay, and they both have uh, that battle battle royale game mode, which which I quite enjoy. You know, where you start off with X number of players at the beginning of the game, and and it's really kind of that that Hunger Games style where you're all out to kill each other and be the last one standing. <laughs> that sounds lovely. That would have been a great segue: battle royale, casino royale. Oh <laughs> uh, well, too Setting bad we lost things that. up. <laughs> okay. So it sounds like that's about all you've been entertained by. So I'll pick up what I've been entertained by. Since this is being recorded on the eve of my Extra Life Marathon, I haven't been playing a whole lot of games recently. Um, 
so most of my entertainment has been from actually just catching up with Arrow and The Flash. Do you watch Arrow or The Flash, uh, Carl? <laughs> no, I think that's a no. That would be a big no. Do you, is there any TV shows that you watch? Yeah, Walking Dead. Which which is the new season of that is is off to a great start. I don't know if you're a fan, but uh, I did, did, now there's a now there's a zombie theme to this. There's a, a zombie theme to The Walking yeah. Dead. Isn't there always a zombie theme to that? <laughs> no, to this show now. We oh. talk about H1Z1 now. Walking <laughs> Dead. There you go. Yeah, I see. Um, well, speaking of zombies, tomorrow I will probably be a zombie at some point during the marathon, or at least <laughs> definitely afterwards, because uh, as folks will know, um, tomorrow is the Extra Life 24-hour gaming marathon, and I'll be gaming starting at about 10 a.m. Central Time. So if all goes as planned, you'll be listening to this, or at least could be listening to this, uh, either just before or during my live stream, because I'm planning on getting this edited together and posted tonight. Wake up tomorrow and just start gaming for extra life. So and then go straight into hibernation after that. Yes, exactly. That that is the most important part. So I will be uh, on Twitch.tv/SpiderJedi if you want to come by and heckle me there. Feel free. And if you want to check out my Extra Life page and see what it's all about, you can go to extra-life.org slash participant slash NT. So just want to give that one final plug on the eve of the event. And like I said, I've been just watching Catching Up with Arrow and The Flash. Uh, both are decent shows, Carl. You might enjoy them. Honestly, they're they're not bad. You, a lot of the superhero stuff could be kind of perceived as, you know, something that you don't really want to watch or something that's like, eh, whatever. But The Flash is actually really good. Arrow is okay. And the, you got you got to kind of watch them together, though, because they go back and forth with, with each other. So they're good shows. Yeah, well, I always like a good Flash. <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> uh, speaking of superheroes, uh, I recently watched, rewatched. Age of Ultron. Did you see Age of Ultron at least? <laughs> no? I'm, I'm saving it. <laughs> For what? My cinema. <laughs> <laughs> That's never going to be done. <laughs> I'm telling you, we're going to have some good movies to watch. So, uh, as listeners would know, we recently covered a movie called Inception. Uh, it was about a month or so ago. And originally, the plan was... For Carl to have his cinema done, we were going to watch it there and then do a podcast afterwards. But, you know, things as they are, the cinema is delayed in getting accomplished. But I'm sure one day, Carl, you'll be able to watch Avengers Age of Ultron in your completed cinema in the ultimate showing, right? Uh-oh, we may have lost Carl. Oh, wait, I see. Do I hear you, Carl? Uh, I hear you. Okay. There you go. I don't know what's going on with the internet. <laughs> so it's just just like our cinema experience, it grinds to a sudden <laughs> halt. Yes, and we'll be talking about that, I'm sure, uh, here momentarily too. Well, I, actually, you know what? Before your internet just dies completely, let's go ahead and move into our entertaining thoughts for this week. Let's talk about Spectre. What did you think about Spectre? I thought it was a great addition to the series. 24th installment. It had Skyfall to follow, which isn't an easy task, right? I think that's the highest grossing uh, movie of the series. And actually, the highest grossing British film ever. Skyfall? Yeah, Skyfall. Unless the internet's lying to me, because I'm reading it straight off there. This isn't knowledge in my head. This is pure Google. Um, but yeah, some interesting facts. So big, big shoes to fill following Skyfall. Um, and I think it did a pretty good job. I've changed my mind a little bit. I think straight after the movie, I said, hey, that was my favorite. I like that more than Skyfall. And uh, I, there was a certain su subtlety to it. 
Um, it's callbacks to the to the earlier movies. I, I enjoyed those, as as was the case with Skyfall. Um, but def- definitely a thumbs up. And just so our listeners know that may be new to the show, uh, we will be talking about some spoiler and plot points for Spectre. So if you haven't seen it yet, uh, go ahead and pause it and come back when you've seen it. Um, and then you'll understand a little bit better what we're talking about. Yeah, I'm so, going to spill all the beans. <laughs> that's right. If there are beans, they're being spilled. <laughs> so how would you rank this with the the Daniel Craig Bond films? Ooh. Well, it's kind of a, it's a game of two halves like football. What? Soccer. Soccer. <laughs> Soccer. <laughs> we call it football. You guys are a little different. It's a game. It's it's a game of two halves, I think, because you got the first two movies, Daniel Craig movies, and then you got Skyfall and Spectre, and 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 I feel there's like a, obviously there's continuity of of, of story, um, and and characters, but that kind of reboot in the middle where you get the, uh, more of an homage to the to the to the earlier films, um. They, they, the last, two, the last two have a different feel for me than the, the first two. I don't know if that made any sense. So, in what way do they feel different? Uh, obviously, the you know the first two are very serious. Okay. And there's a lot more lightheartedness as as the series develops, and and I I think I said to you earlier when we were. You know, there's there's certain scenes in Inspector that Daniel Craig is almost playing a Roger Moore Bond rather than a Sean Connery Bond. Obviously, Daniel Craig is his own Bond and a great Bond, um, but you know, you expect that kind of darkness is is not taking any prisoners. If you need a smack, he's giving you a smack. It doesn't matter if you're a man and a wo- or a woman; he's just going to get it done. He's an equal um, opportunity smacker. It, apparently, apparently, I don't agree with that. But he's an OO, you know, he's a double O agent. He's got to do certain things. Um, but it, it was kind of a, you know, he's getting more lighthearted. I think as the as the series goes on, and and certainly that I thought there were some Roger Moore moments. Well, even in Skyfall, right? I mean, there's that kind of interplay with him and and uh, the rather strange fella um, that that is 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 definitely uh on the verge of camp like like Roger Moore. So Silver? Same to you. <laughs> the, are you talking yes. about the, Yes. Okay. I am. <laughs> the same to me. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's getting late. Don't ask me to make any sense. Okay. <laughs> I just I didn't know if there was something that I, I thought noticed. he was talking to a pirate in the room. <laughs> Hey, Long John, come over here. (laughs) Hi, who is (laughs) Zuba? Oh, our captain. (laughs) Oh, that's the joys of recording a late night podcast. Just just imagine what the Star Wars podcast is going to sound like after that one, because that'll be later. Oh, that'll be good. All right, continue. Sorry to to interrupt with the name of the character that you couldn't think of. (laughs) I thought that strange fellow was a perfectly good description. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, if for me it feels like you know, you know the first two movies slightly different to the last two, but uh, it's definitely going in in a good direction. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see, right? Does he come back for the next one? He always says he hates playing the character. Yeah, and this uh, this time he did a like a news thing that not a news thing, an interview that said that yeah, he did not at all want to come back for another one because he'd rather slit his wrists or something. The only reason he'd come back is for the money. <laughs> well, he also says he can't go down the boozer anymore. He likes to go out for a drink, but now, you know, he's he's James Bond. He can't even go down the pub anymore because he's got everyone, probably mostly Russian agents, <laughs> um, you know, try, trying to take a swing at him. So he's got to be careful. Uh-huh. So this movie... Oh, look... Before we get into my thoughts on this movie, the theater that we went and saw this movie at, I've gone to a lot. 
I've seen lots of movies there. They have the IMAX now. We saw the IMAX presentation of this film tonight. I've never had any problems at this theater, ever. And I don't know if you've mentioned this. I don't think you have. But, Carl, this was your first time seeing a movie in the cinema uh, since Skyfall. It was. So it's been, you know, a few years for you. And, you know, I can see why with what happened tonight because... (laughs) What would you say was about maybe 40 minutes into the movie um, during a pretty pivotal scene, like a plot development scene, it just kind of, the, the video stopped and then the audio kept going. So we heard something was going on. We're like, we're like, cover your ears. You don't want to hear this because you couldn't yeah. see what was happening. Um, and then, so they took a few minutes to get that out. I was able to go in and out of the theater like four times before the movie actually came back. And... It was just crazy. So I was like, okay, that's going to be like a one-off. That's that's the first time I've ever seen this happen. I'll give him a pass. What happens 20 minutes later? It just happens again. They get the movie running, but then it, it pauses, and the, the audio keeps going, but the video stops. And then they have to figure out how to get it back to this, that position and go again. I've never been as frustrated, because when you go to see a movie... You want to go in there for the experience to, to go and be, you know, transported to the story, to be engrossed in it, to be immersed in it. That's what the the movie creators want you to have. That's the experience. But when you have a theater with an issue like this, it's it's terrible. So, what what, yeah, what did you right, think? It was right in the middle of a great line as well. Yeah. The first time it happened, it split it split some dialogue where the the second. The second line delivered was yeah. was actually pretty funny, so it, it it kind of spoiled that. Now it was interesting how they handled it because it felt like we heard about three minutes of dialogue without any mm-hmm. any moving pictures. So uh, I think I I liked I was greatly entertained by the fact that whoever had to go and and do something to make the equipment work again was actually sitting watching the movie, <laughs> not kind of off to the side at the back, but right in the middle of the of the theatre. So he had to jump up in front of everybody, disappear <laughs> down the aisle, disappear up behind us. And I think what I think why there was such a delay in bringing the movie back was he had to find a pencil. <laughs> So we could do that old trick, you know, <laughs> that you used to do with cassette tapes. If anyone's old enough to remember that, you know, if you had to rewind it back, you stick a pencil in there, twirl it a few times. I think that was actually what he was back there doing. He, he now, I know you, you, jumped, back. you jumped straight up and you said, have you tried turning it on and turning it off and turning it back on again? <laughs> have you tried turning it off and on again? <laughs> yeah. You, you did a bit of the IT crowd and... It just didn't work. It didn't play. It didn't play in Peoria. Almost. <laughs> almost. It almost played in Peoria. I liked it, it though, when they were tr- they were trying to recover. They kept they kept getting it. They would recover it, but it would be too far back, or you know, it was like we skipped ten minutes back in time, <laughs> which wasn't too bad because the scene before was a rather attractive lady, and. Uh, as you yeah, I didn't mind then. seeing her multiple times, so that was that was all right with me. But uh, yeah, it was a rather strange experience. So that experience aside, I, I'm not going to let that influence my opinion of this film. So this movie started out pretty strong with that opening scene because it reminded me a lot of uh, was it Live and Let Die, the Roger Moore movie with Baron Sandy, and it had the uh, yeah. you know, the the undead guy in it, right? Yeah. So it started out in Mexico City with the, the Day of the Dead celebration. It was kind of an interesting scene, really well shot. You all see you saw Bond up on the on the roof, and then you could pan down. And you saw like all this stuff going off just in the background that they were putting on for that. So it was really cool, well choreographed and shot scene. And it started out with a lot of action, and that was obviously before the the song, right? And the opening song for this film... Just terrible. Bad, right? I mean, it's just... Sam Smith. I don't know. It was just a nightmare. It was... There should have maybe been, like, 
a male and a female vocal, but he was trying to do it all together. Well, that's his shtick, right? He's like, well, yeah, that's how he does things. It, it, it didn't work. No. It, it, does it ever, really? I mean, it was like, like some yes. kind of weird drag act. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't impressed with the, with, with the, with the theme tune. But now I mean, the opening scene was great, and and the whole thing, right? It started with uh, just the words on the screen: "The dead are alive." Mm-hmm. So we're going back to zombies again. <laughs> That's right. There's See a theme, how we like can keep said. these these themes going, but oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, quite the opening scene. I was a little distracted though because the I'm always checking out the tailoring, and I was worried about his suit. It was such a lovely suit. <laughs> I was worried about his shoes when he was walking up on the on that stuff. I was like, "Man, how do you how do you get to move around like that in those shoes?" Well, that that really killed it for me because you you suspend <laughs> your disbelief when you watch a Bond movie. You know, the, all kinds of stuff happens, and 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 you can you just roll with it. But the fact that he was re- wearing shoes with rubber soles, it's, <laughs> ah, come on, it's Bond. He's he's got leather soles, not rubber soles. Now he did a bit of ballroom dancing on the side of a helicopter. So I'm sure the rubber soles helped him there, but I just don't think that would have been a style choice he would have made. They gave him the bounce that he needed to really kind of move around, right? <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> nice to have that grip, you know, when you're 200 feet above the the ground <laughs> fighting on the side of a helicopter. And that helicopter fight, right? That It felt like it went on just a little too long and it was just really over the top, right? Yeah. Yeah, and there wasn't even any caterpillar advertising this time around. No, there wasn't. Was there even any Heineken in this movie? I didn't. There remember. was. Was yes. it? Yeah, when they're in the hotel, um, he pulls a bottle of what I think is Belvedere out of the wall, and he starts on that. The young lady is uh, drinking red wine. Yeah, I'm not drinking this month, so I was taking all this in. This <laughs> had my full attention was the booze. <laughs> and then halfway through... She falls asleep, he's out there, and he's sipping on a, a bottle of Heineken. I think that was the scene. But he definitely has has a bottle in one of the scenes. You know he's got some issues when he goes from Belvedere to Heineken. Uh, well, when you're out of vodka. <laughs> when you're not... out of vodka, you go get more vodka. You don't go for the Heineken. <laughs> you got to keep the party rolling. <laughs> uh, you call room service, and you're like, hey, uh, vodka stat. <laughs> I think they were keeping a low profile, though. I think that was the whole point. You know, they didn't want anyone to know they were in the hotel, so he was just drinking whatever he found. They didn't want... Okay, how do you... He pulled the first bottle out the wall. (laughs) So he he got the bottle. He found it by trashing this room and pulling everything... How does, like, the person below or next to you not hear that and call the front desk and be like, um, excuse me, but the people in room 12 are quite noisy. He, he does have a license to kill, so it was simple. He went from room to room, strangling them. <laughs> they were all dead. No one's complaining. The dead can't hear anything. <laughs> the dead are deaf. <laughs> uh, okay. So the opening sequence was just a little over the top for me with the helicopter stuff because I think it, it would have been okay if it would have ended maybe like two minutes earlier, but they did some... I guess it would work, but... I, I don't know much about aviation in that aspect to see if this was actually feasible, but just I, I don't think it was because it was just so ridiculous. Like some of the stuff that they did with the helicopter flipping around and why wouldn't the pilot been able to write it? Why was it spinning around so much? That must have been the worst pilot in the world because A, you got two pilots. One of them goes down. The, the co-pilot who's supposed to be able to take it over when the pilot goes down can't do a thing to right this helicopter around. He just keeps it spinning, it seems. Like, oh, yeah. let's keep it spinning around. He, he'd been given a few smacks, though, I think. And he'd been beaten up a little bit. Yeah, but he was still conscious. Oh, well, yeah, but he was and he's wearing a probably helmet. concussed. <laughs> Speaking of concussed, <laughs> yeah, there's a movie that you want to come out. <laughs> there's a movie that you want to watch coming out soon by uh, starring Will Smith, isn't there? Yeah. Concussion. Who's going to that movie? I'd rather have one. <laughs> so the opening scene gets over. You get the Sam Mendes song, and you get the opening sequence there with the song. Sam Smith. Whatever. Sam. Who's Sam Mendes? He's the director, right? Sam yeah, Mendes is the director. Yeah. Okay. Sam Smith's song, which is just ridiculously horrible. But, you know, last time we had Skyfall, which was amazing. Yeah. I mean, how can you really... 
I guess what are you going to do to follow up Adele? Is it only yeah. get Adele again or get Sam Mendes just to tank a song and then you can go up from there? Yeah. Now, what was worse, though, the song or that bloody golden octopus? <laughs> what was that all about? <laughs> it was the weirdest... Be- I mean, Bond, the, you know, that whole intro sequence to a Bond movie, it's always a little surreal. But that octopus, I have no idea what was going on there. I understand that maybe they got multiple eyes and stuff and it all fits in with the surveillance, but it was just weird. Well, they they know that Moby Dick is coming out soon. Oh, and wow, they wanted to start competing in that, you know, that space. So they had to include this sea creature to compete with Moby Dick. You know, synergy. Yeah. It didn't work for me. <laughs> but yeah, that was kind of weird that that was just like, it was a big focus. Was that the octopus slash kraken, whatever you want to call it? Yeah, it was so. It was so odd. Now I know Spectre. That was kind of their symbol, right? It looked like the octopus, right? But not that weird gold thing. Yeah, it's. Oh, it's just bizarre. It was an interesting opening sequence, and I just I don't know. It was. It was as big a mess as the song. Yeah, let's be frank. And I'm in the song was quite honestly, probably just coloring our opinion of that whole sequence, too. I mean, if it was Adele singing it and there was an octopus, it probably would have made sense. <laughs> uh, wouldn't it be giant squid, maybe? Oh, whatever. But, so after you get past there, obviously, you know, it seems to be a theme in all these Daniel Craig Bond movies is that he's on his own. He kind of goes rogue on each one. Is there yeah. Has there been a single one where he's actually on a mission and following the parameters the whole time? That would make no sense. He's he's dark and he's dangerous. He's not going to follow the rules. How come he hasn't been Actually, fired yet? Bond, I, don't, I think Bond was that way, right? He's he's not he's not fitting into any box. <laughs> well, yeah, we won't go there. Um, but yeah, he's not he's not following convention. Yeah, I mean, I can see that, but you got to think at some point he's wearing rubber soles. Yeah, so. <laughs> Yeah, they do that, that funny little fake out, right, where he goes to the quartermaster to see Q, and he shows him this amazing Austin Martin, right, you know, zero to 60 in three seconds and all this cool stuff. Three and then he's like, oh, but, but this is for 009, you know, and then he gives him a watch. He's like, what's it do? It tells the time. <laughs> yeah. But it's, that that was another unrealistic thing. They had the big fella. They had this giant monster of a man. Dave Batista? That's the one. Yeah. What was his name? Mr. Hinks or something? I don't... Did they ever actually say his name in the movie? Yes. It was something weird like that. Anyway, he's got those special thumbs. He plays a lot of console games. So (laughs) his thumbs are so muscular, he could actually pop someone's eyes out with them. So there's hope for me and you. (laughs) If we keep playing those games, if we ever need a self-defense move... Just pop him out. Well, he had like some some weird coating on his thumbnails too. Did you see that? They were kind of oh, like yeah. they had this like. Kind of, he reminded me like a mix between Jaws yeah. and Odd Job. Yeah, definitely. And then that whole scene on the train. But the so that was another thing that I got the rubber soles. I couldn't get past that. And then the fact that he could hop into the tiniest sports car. <laughs> I think it's actually a Jaguar. I couldn't figure out what car it was. I thought so he was in a Ferrari. No, nah, it's it's some special. Um, I think they called it like a CX or something. Jag. Hmm. It was very nice. Anyway, it's tiny. How is this monster popping? He's pulling Starsky and Hutch, Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> just jumps out of this thing like it's nothing. He's massive. I can't even get out of my car. I'm like a third of his size. <laughs> just pops out of it like. Uh, like no a jack-in-the-box. It was unreal. Mm-hmm. Before we get to that scene, though, with him in the car, we get that that reveal. And this is when the, the theater cut out the first <laughs> time. With the uh, Bond finds this ring, and he links it to this place in Rome. He goes there. And then, you know, you get the reveal of Christoph Waltz's character as the big bad of the movie. And... Yeah, that whole scene starts. That's where it had the the first cutout in the film. What do you think about Christoph Waltz's character? I think they call him Oberhauser at first. Uh Uh-huh. 
and then he transforms. Do I give it away yet? Uh, well, I mean, we're doing do spoilers, we so might as well. Do we, do we wait till the end? <laughs> so he pulls an Austin Powers. He pulls a, what is it, a gold member. And I like uh, gold. He turns into Blofeld. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, legitimately I, I, turns into Blofeld. Well, you know, he's revealed as... Well, he kind of turns into him because he gets the scar, you know, the cat appears. Yeah, so the cat was there earlier on. I'm like, oh, there's the cat. And then we got the 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 lair, kind of in a volcano, kind of not, but it's in a crater, yeah. right? Close enough, yeah. Uh-huh. And then you got, you know, he he becomes deformed and gets a big scar and stuff. See, I liked that, but he was he was just kind of sad before he transformed. And maybe that was what they were going for. He was just kind of like this weird little public school weirdo loser. So, <laughs> so that's that's private school, you know. It's this weird English thing where they all go and uh, smack one another with rulers, um, and then and then they join, then they join the government and become politicians. So with. <laughs> Uh, Blofeld or Overweiser, whatever you want to call him, Overhauser. Sorry, Overweiser. That I think that's probably a drink. Um, yeah. <laughs> with that's with Steve Blofeld's now. character in here, is his whole thing like because supposedly he died in a climbing accident years ago because he was raised with Bond, right? But is his whole thing just being super resentful against Bond? Is that like because he says, "Oh, I'm the orchestrator of all your pain," and he says, you know. Events of Chris Casino up till now, that was all me. It seemed like it was pure jealousy because he didn't he didn't get to be his father's favorite son, or at least his father showed kindness to to Bond, the blue eyed orphan, and uh, so he becomes some master criminal. That's why he was just kind of sad. I thought until he became, <laughs> till he had his transformation into Blofeld proper. He was just, uh, yeah, just a sad little loser. But there was no menace to this character. He wasn't. Like, yeah, there wasn't. If you look at uh, like last time on Skyfall with um, Silva as as the bad guy there, there was right. menace to him. Here, he's just kind of like a guy in the shadows, kind of whispered talk a lot. Right. Yeah, he whispered a lot. People had to do everything for him. Yeah, what was with that? I was like, <laughs> what? Is this... You wondered how he went to the bathroom. <laughs> I mean, they're moving the microphone for him every time he wants to speak. Yeah, it was quite. It was quite odd. And then he whispered to one guy to nod to another guy, <laughs> and then that guy came over. <laughs> what in the world? It was. Uh, I think if we watched it again, there would be a lot of nuance to it. We'd probably enjoy it more. Maybe, and I understand uh, it was probably a power play for him to to do that, right? But. I, I think it was maybe playing into that. Hey, here's here's how he started out, and then at the end, you know, he's revealed to be this, and now he's really going to be twisted, right? If he was twisted before, because of his his dad showing some affection towards Bond as a kid, how bad is he going to be now that he's seen Bond triumph, walk away with a with a with a love for the first time? Yeah, it's gonna be. It's it's now. It's game on. Mm-hmm. We're gonna see what happens in the next one, episode twenty five. So that's pretty much gonna be on her Majesty's Secret Service, right? Because it was at the beginning or end of the movie before that where he got married, and then it was at the beginning of the other one where his love died. Yeah, and it was because of Blofeld. Yeah, Swan is Swan is dead. Yeah. She's as good as dead, Madeline. Man now she's beautiful. I'd hate to see her go. She's a lovely looking girl. And but, she is uh, the daughter of Mr. White from the yeah. other movies. Yeah. Convenient. A Reservoir bit. dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so this other plot that's going on, right? With, you know, MI six being, you know, what well, 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 dismantled and then the building being destroyed and this new information technology you know, central, whatever they wanted to call it. What was it, NCS or something? <laughs> I think that's a TV show. Yeah, NCIS. <laughs> whatever it was, the CIS or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the Confederacy of Independent Systems. Um, 
they that's this whole thing and to me the entire time that, that plot was going on i knew it was just a shell or a, a part of specter the entire oh, yeah. time it, it was so telegraphed it wasn't there wasn't this big reveal but i think they kind of played with it a little bit because when bond asked blofeld about it he just nonchalantly was like oh yeah he just shook his head yeah of course yeah, of course I mean, I I guess that they wanted to make it simple enough that the audiences understood that. But I feel like, especially with Skyfall, the writing was a lot smarter. Yeah. That they didn't have to telegraph everything like that. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, the plot was kind of weak on both of them, I thought. I mean, we're making these movies not sound good. But, and they're, they're, they're 100% they're great entertainment. <laughs> right. But not really for the plot. <laughs> it's like, you know, C... I, that whole character kind of was just wasted because he was there. He was kind of interesting. You know, he's Moriarty. He's yeah. got to be evil. Um, and then he just pulls a hands Gruber. So, yeah. And then without the Rolex, there was no Rolex involved. Just and he's he's falling, falling splat. Uh huh. So you got him. He's kind of the bad guy that that. Uh, M kind of deals with because you know it's C versus M at that point. Yeah, and then you know what M and C stand for now. What's M stand for? MI six and C. No, apparently it was more Ronic. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> when, so when you, oh, yeah. no, I'm not going to ask you because this is a uh, a clean ish. Yeah, podcast. I won't say the word. <laughs> what you thought C stood for? Yeah, I thought it was pretty obvious at the time, <laughs> but especially being an Englishman, that's one of our favourite words. But uh-huh. uh, yeah, it turned out to be careless. Yeah. So that was actually a good little scene there between those two at that end. Because yeah. then you had Q. Q was pretty involved in this movie. He had a lot more to do. And I like that because I like the character of Q. Yeah, I really like M. I, I like M and Q. So I'm going to go through the alphabet. I, I like the whole alphabet. Who's A? C. <laughs> Apple. Isn't that one of Gwyneth Paltrow's children? <laughs> Come here, Apple. <laughs> so, you know, he's kind of a henchman, kind of a side villain character. He goes out kind of... Silly, 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 because he just <laughs> they're, they're tussling around. Uh, M shoots the ceiling, glass falls down, and then he like he, he gets distracted. Back. There's glass in my hair. There's glass in my hair. Yeah. So they he, they get distracted, and he just falls backwards and falls down. And that's that, that's it. And then, gravity does the rest. Gravity <laughs> did all the hard work. There. That's right. I, and it's hilarious, too, because after he was down there, they have the scene where this other guy, the other MI6 agent, was checking his pulse, and he's like, he's dead. <laughs> like, of course he's... What? You, you I thought work? the fact that his head looked like a bust-open watermelon might have been clue enough. Yeah. <laughs> but no, take his pulse. <laughs> take his pulse. It looked like it looked like a Jack the Ripper murder scene, and he's taking his pulse. <laughs> It's like, I don't know. There's really 15,000 stories here between us and them. It could have survived. <laughs> Plus, he had glass in his hair. <laughs> That's right. That's what did him in. It was that glass, though. I'm telling you. <laughs> so, and then the other henchman character, the Dave Batista's character, I think it was Mr. Hicks. Hin- Hinks? I yeah. think it was Hinks, yeah. but I could have made that up. He's, you know, the, the giant guy. There's this really... It was like, uh, that, what's that cleaning fluid? Mr. Muscles in a suit. Mr. Clean. Mr. Clean. But he had hair. Mr. Clean doesn't have any hair. Um, but they had this this it's visceral fight on the on the on the train. Oh, that was fat. Oh, that might have been my favorite scene. It was definitely intense. Yeah, there was a there was a lot of a lot of action there. Mm-hmm. And but at the end, he kind of goes out in Roger Moore villain fashion. I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the first time we've seen that kind of takedown in in this Craig era. I think. And I think he's still alive. He's I coming too. back in the next one I with metal so. teeth. Yes, I yeah. that, I guarantee it. That'd be hilarious. I you like that he challenge. went out. I don't know if they were beer barrels. I kind of I kind of like I kind of hope barrels? that they were, you know. And that's probably how he survives. He's out in the middle of nowhere. I don't know. It looked pretty snowy. Were they in Austria then? I can't remember. They were somewhere. And uh, 
that's probably how he survives after he falls out the out the train. He drinks the beer, <laughs> and that he gets enough sustenance to be able to find his way where he needs to go, get his teeth replaced with a metal grill. Yeah, I mean, because he was catapult through a, uh, a a car window earlier and just wakes up and he's yeah. all good to go. Yeah, he's indestructible. Yeah. He is a man mountain. That moves like Starsky and Hutch <laughs> whenever right. he enters or exits. Of it. See, he did the same thing there. He went through the windscreen. <laughs> <laughs> the guy, the guy can knows how to get in and out of a car. <laughs> That's right. But I do like when when you see that scene we're talking about here uh, in the snow where Bond has the plane and uh, Mr. Hinks has his his car it sounds like someone's cat really <laughs> mr hinks come in mr. Like hinks. see no old lady she's got a cat mr hinks um, mr hinks <laughs> that that gun that he has is like this monstrous gun though it's like yeah, double barreled yeah it was huge and he was shooting at the plane and the plane was yeah. taking damage it looked like a 50 caliber hole it was putting in there it was quite something Mm -hmm. but that scene with the plane the way bond handles that whole plane fiasco that was roger Moore. into a toboggan yeah i mean can do that the 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 plane veering at the last second to miss the trees that was complete roger moore (laughs) complete i think he's gone full-on roger (laughs) i think at first the first couple films he was he was definitely more you know Sean Connery. Now he's kind of moved more towards the Roger Moore era. Yeah. If we get a few more out of him, we'll eventually get to the Timothy Daltons. But this had to have a little Lazenby in it too, I think. Yeah, let's not do that. Let's go straight to Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> I don't mind Pierce. Ah, oh, that's funny. But yeah, he's definitely uh, he's doing a he's he's Rogering a lot. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it means something completely different in England. Okay. I'll let you guys Google we that. Won't go there. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of rogering going on. <laughs> so, anything else? Any final thoughts on Spectre? Uh, go see it. Just don't go, go see, see it. it. Don't hesitate. Go see it. It's definitely a good movie. Very entertaining. I, and I'm excited for the next installment now. We, we sat there, we waited till the very end to see those words that always get you excited. Not made in Italy. They get me excited. I like (laughs) those words, those three little words. But uh, what does it say? James Bond will return. Mm -hmm. Something like that. With the way that the film ended, actually, I I like that because, you know, they kind of walk off and it kind of, it fades with them walking, looking happy. I'm like, well, Bond can never be happy first off. So, yeah. And then the way that Blofeld's looking at them walking away, you know that he's going to end that. Oh, yeah. He is, if he wasn't twisted before, now he is really screwed up. It's going to be good. Now, it was interesting because there was enough... Um, it gave you enough closure that if they took a break or if a new Bond came in, it wouldn't feel that unnatural. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there's precedent for that, right, with with the Blofeld character. Uh, when you first see him, it's one Bond. When you see him in the next time, it's another Bond. So there would be some some precedent to, to, to changing Bond. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was interesting to see Bond's character, right, because he got, he got love. He decided, hey, this is... He was past Vespa. He was over Vespa. He had those opportunities where I, we saw the what was it, Vesper interrogation tape, and then there was some other some other mention of her where he could have, you know, dove into that and 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 continued that, not being able to let her go. Uh, yeah, he didn't. He let it go and then he was able to move forward with this with this new love. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to see, you know, he's he's reached that emotional maturity. <laughs> That he could actually now settle down, have a family, give up the killing, give up the womanizing until the next film. Until the next film. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. my thoughts on this movie, it's so I would rank it as here here's my from least to best. Of the four. Of the four. Would be 
The worst is Quantum of Solace. Yeah, but it's still not a bad movie. A lot of people really slate it, and I think it's all right when you watch it a few times. It's better if you watch it as a sequel to Casino Royale. Yeah. Right back to back. Yeah. But on a standalone basis, it's the worst. In fact, during this movie, you know, he talks about, you know, Le and he talks about Silva. I don't think he mentions Dominic Green at all. Like, when he's talking about... Because you had, like, when he's going down and you see the... The, the printout faces of all the different people that you yeah. lost. And I don't think Which Dominic Green was one of them. Yeah, he's just like left out. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe they're trying to forget it too. <laughs> so Quantum is my lowest. Then this one, Spectre. Because after that, I mean, you got Casino Royale and you've got um, Skyfall. I mean, Casino and Skyfall are both very, very high marks. Yeah. And this just... I mean, it's like I said, it's not a bad film. It's just predictable, and I just feel like there's a lot of they, I, they were kind of lazy in some of the writing. I like Casino Royale. That's got that's got to be number one. Um, I need to watch Skyfall again, but I I remember thinking. This is too Hollywood for for Bond. It was too. It was a little too corny. There was a little too much going on. I liked this one, uh, I, but I think I would still go Skyfall number two. So I'm just copying your order, really. Ah, I see what um, it is. You should have it first. <laughs> yeah, and then this one. I think I'd like to see this one again because I really like the way it. Every scene came from another Bond movie for me. And I liked it felt more British to me. I, I can't explain it. I need to watch it again. But it felt a little more subtle. And I, I just thought every single scene you could place in another Bond movie. And I liked that. It was it was sentimental. I, I know Skyfall did some of that. Um there was somewhat tackiness to Skyfall, I thought, but I'd love to watch it again. Maybe we should do that, revisit Skyfall. When your cinema is complete, we will watch There Skyfall. you go. That was actually going to be the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Procrastination. There you go. So, and the music for this movie was okay. There were a lot of callbacks to the soundtrack for, um, or the score for Skyfall, actually. There were a lot of callbacks to the previous movies from that. There were a couple of its own little hints of, you know, musical notes and keys and themes, but not many, honestly. A lot of it felt recycled in a way. Uh, it's the same composer as the previous film, which when you get a, the com- same composer, you kind of hear some motifs repeat themselves, especially when it's a series like this. You'll have the characters that come back. Like M's theme, Judy Dench's theme. Uh, that was very pronounced in Skyfall. That was back here for a bit. Uh, and there were some other just callbacks and keys. And it's it, it was a fine score, but it's not one that... It doesn't... Like, there wasn't yeah. that moment that was like, oh, that music was great. Like, in Skyfall. Uh, right. At, the, at the, the standoff at Skyfall, that music is amazing. Yeah. Um, and then in this one, I just didn't have any connection like that. Yeah, it, did, it didn't... I mean, it all started with that theme, and it that was just terrible. So it was, it could never redeem itself after mm-hmm. that. And the, and the opening theme song, the Sam Mendes theme song, I let's see. Let me think about this. So with Casino Royale, we had um, "You Know My Name" from uh, a rock star guy. I can't remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that ironic? Chris Cornell. Oh. Um, and then we had Jack White and Alicia Keys. Um, and for another way to die on Quantum, and then Skyfall with Adele, and then Sam Mendes or with what, his, what's his name, Sam, Sam Smith, Smith with whatever this <laughs> song was called. This horrible. You might song. be onto something though. Maybe the director was singing it. <laughs> so this one is the worst out of all of those, and then yeah. then it goes to the Alicia Keys Jack White song, then it goes to the Chris Cornell song, then it goes to Skyfall for the best. You know, I wonder if that whole thing with uh, 
Lederhosen and uh, Blofeld. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever his name was. Day of the Clevy. Yeah, there you go. All they found was his lederhosen. Um, he was just a bit twisted, you know. It's just there's some his weird stuff on there. Maybe that's what Sam Smith was channeling, because that that whole performance was just bizarre. It, it reminded me of Eurovision Song Contest. I don't know if you, don't you're know aware of that, where every year you know all the European countries come together and they. They put these just bizarre variety acts on, and uh, it, it, it could have well been a Eurovision Song Contest winner. I think maybe that was originally written for that, and then they said, "Hey, no, let's throw it in Bond." So, is that like a uh, like a Europe's Got Talent type thing? It, yeah, it's once a year. It's uh, it's quite it's quite something. You should you should. Watch it on YouTube. So I'll, I'll do my best Simon Cowell impression when <laughs> after he listened to this uh, Sam Smith song. That was utter brilliance. I completely <laughs> loved it. Sing it again more. That was horrible, but that, that would be... <laughs> I think he would probably have said, what's a load of... <laughs> oh, yeah. No, yeah. I, I think he would have really liked it because somebody had to like this and it isn't mean it isn't you i'm not sure who it is yeah someone must like it somewhere but there's no accounting for taste yeah all right so any final thoughts i think you've already kind of gone over mine i've gone over wait what i've gone over mine i think you've gone over yours but any closing remarks ah i'm looking forward to the next one yeah me too i mean it's bond I'll, i'll i'll go back and see it again i might be a little hesitant to go to the same theater but i'll be I'm, I'm, I doubled down on Star Wars, so I, I bought the 7 o'clock IMAX showing, so it'll be the same theater, same cinema that yeah, I was that's at tonight. Be scary. So I had told What a manager, buzz, though, when that trailer came on. Oh, yeah. I hadn't seen the trailer. Well, obviously, I haven't seen the trailer in the cinema because I'm a hermit, and I haven't ventured out since Skyfall. But uh, that was great when, when uh, the Force Awakens trailer came on. Mm-hmm. I had goosebumps. I'm really looking forward to that. It was good. That was my first time, I think, seeing that trailer in the big screen. Yeah. Um, so that was really good, just watching that. I, I had a smile on my face the entire time. It's a great trailer. Yeah, that movie is, is going to be tremendous. I'm looking forward to it for sure. I told yeah. the manager on the way out that if if what happened tonight, because it <laughs> happened would be twice. A riot. Yeah, it would be a riot. There would be lightsabers that would be just attacking people. <laughs> And then the blasters would come out, and it wouldn't be. Yeah, it'd be a hard shot first. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you do first blood. You turn the projector off. I would say final thoughts though on on Daniel Craig. He's forty seven. I think he's forty seven, right? And I mean, he is just chiselled. I can't imagine how much he works out. And and you got to take your hat off to him because. One minute he's got a fifty-year-old chick, and the next minute he's got a twenty-five-year-old one. He's playing both ends of the spectrum. When you're a secret a, agent, you got to do a secret agent. Thing. I know what a man. <laughs> yeah, so definitely looking forward to the next installment whenever that happens to come. I think it's been what, what, about three years since three Skyfall. Years. Yeah, almost exactly right. I just I hope they get maybe a Dell back for the theme song or just something better than they'll this do better. Thing. They can't do any worse. I I don't think they can. <laughs> Couple of drunks with kazoos. <laughs> I'm available. Uh, do you have a kazoo? <laughs> I can get one. <laughs> can make one real quick. As, as long as I as long as they they have that octopus dancing in the background. <laughs> That's going to be the killer, right? You got to have the octopus in the background, yeah. or else it's off. Yeah, I think we need to one up the octopus. <laughs> I don't know what it would be though. Oh uh, wow! Well, I do sea know what lion. <laughs> platinum sea lion <laughs> clapping. Uh, that'd be hilarious. So I do know what we'll be discussing next week, though. Oh, even do though, tell. even though we don't know when the next Bond will, film will be back next week, we'll be discussing. Star Wars, Revenge of the Sith. Returning to our journey towards the Force Awakens in December, um, and we are getting back on track with Star Wars, and from here on out until December, 
it will be Star Wars. Revenge of the Sith this week, Rebels next week, original trilogy the week after, and then The Force Awakens. Wow. And Revenge of the Sith, which one's that? That's the one I haven't seen, right? You haven't seen Revenge of the Sith? Yeah. Isn't that the last one of the... Is that uh, episode three? Yeah, that's episode three. Yeah, I've never seen it. What? <laughs> Jar Jar gave me the hump. <laughs> I, I just gave up on it. Dude, Jar Jar is in this movie for maybe two seconds. Yeah, I know, but I'd given up on it by then. Ah, uh, okay. Which we... is saying something, because I love Star Wars, but you know, he, he ruined it for me. What if Jar Jar is in The Force Awakens? What if he is behind the Kylo uh. Ren mask? What if he is Kylo Ren? I didn't even know Darth Vader had a stroke. <laughs> Man, you look at that not mask, even once. he looks... <laughs> I thought he was burnt or something, but no, he looks all <laughs> lopsided. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he's like he he goes to some place after you know the whole thing. He's like, did, did you get melted a little bit? No, no, I just had a stroke. Just had a stroke. But that is that. that is not a laughing matter. And anybody that has had a stroke or knows anybody that has a stroke knows that the struggle is real and it's a difficult process to go through. So Abs- Carl. absolutely. But I'm only laughing because he's a dark, dark. He's on the dark side, so he deserved it. <laughs> If he'd been a regular nice Jedi, <laughs> Jedi. If he would have left those kids alone, was, but you wouldn't know anything about that, actually. You if he was on it. the light side, I wouldn't be laughing about him having a stroke, but since he's the other side, I have no sympathy for him. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap this thing up. So next week, uh, we'll see you back here for Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. And I have a question for the listeners this weekend for you, Carl. Have you ever had, aside from tonight, have you ever had a technical issue at a theater? This is my first time ever having a technical issue like this at any theater ever. I've had raindrops fall on my head before, (laughs) but I haven't ever had uh, a a projector stop working. No, I dropped my popcorn once. I don't know if you can class that as... That's that's not a technical technical issue. (laughs) Technically, it's an issue, but it's not a technical issue. Right. Well, it was a robot arm that dropped it. <laughs> my robot butler was holding my popcorn for me. Do you have your yeah. little Jarvis? Yeah, reboot. <laughs> dropped it all over the floor. It was quite embarrassing. <laughs> and that's why they say no robots at the theater anymore, huh? That's it. I, it ruined it for everyone. So, so, so I take it your answer is no. Then you never had a take. Yeah, never had that. It was it was it was quite bizarre. It was, what was even more bizarre was the fella that had to jump up from the middle of the cinema, run back there and fix it. Went and sat back in the exact same seat. Why don't so you just when it happened there? the second time? He had to repeat his performance. <laughs> but that, the second time he was like, no, I, I got this now. I can fix this again. <laughs> it's like, he was more confident when he yeah. got back up. Yeah. And then it didn't happen again. So good, uh, good for him. Did he ever come back to his seat or did he have to stay up there and press the button? To I keep think going? he was, ble- I think he was bleeding to death in the corner. <laughs> there was some very unhappy people behind us. Oh Yeah. But that was the first time I've ever had a technical issue. So, dear listener, if you have ever, have you ever had a technical issue at a theater watching a movie like this? I'm curious to find out. Not including a robot butler. Yeah, robot butlers aside, this is more projector, sound-based, something like that. Yeah. Uh, And and everybody listening to this, you're listening to this for free. So you really need to get online on Nathan's Extra Life site and donate because it's a fantastic cause and 24 hours of live streaming is hard to do so make sure you support him thank you sir i'm pretty sure my tv will be able to work without issue for 24 hours but i'm not (laughs) sure about a projector especially another one that we saw tonight yeah uh but yeah thanks for the little call out there and i will be streaming in under 10 hours i will try to get some rest edit this podcast up get it up for you dear listener and stream for the kids. And I'm going to join you. Going to join me? Going to do some dancing in Destiny? There you go. Yeah, right on the ledge. It'll be good stuff. Is it you that always, it was either you or Dan, uh, that would always try to push me off like when I was dancing on the edge? 
you gonna pop out there push me you, off you, you, we would just repeat that scene from Spectre <laughs> see ya take uh, his pulse <laughs> that's hilarious alright so you can contact us on uh, Twitter at EntertainingPod. You can send the show an email. That's entertaining at gmail.com. Carl, are you on Twitter? Not right now. <laughs> okay. Good to know. I, I'm, I'm sitting there talking to you, mate. That's good. Thank you for giving me your full and invited attention. But yeah. after the podcast, if people might want to reach out to you, can they on Twitter? Yeah, I think they can. Isn't it uh, major underscore laugh L-A-F-F? You asking me? Yeah, I don't know. I don't <laughs> track of these things. <laughs> I think that is correct. Major underscore laugh L-A-F-F. And you can find me on Twitter. I am at Sith Nightmare, S-I-T-H-K-N-I-G-H-T-M-A-R-E. And you can also follow me on Twitch, Spider Jedi on Twitch. So um, look forward to having fun with... Anybody who stops by the stream tomorrow, and you can also find me on Xbox Live, Spider Jedi there as well. So if you want to play anything, let me know. That'll do it for us this week. Carl, thanks again for stopping by. No worries, it was a pleasure. And we hope that you have been entertained. <laughs>